Covering the crew all season long on WTMJ, it's Brewers Extra Innings. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios in downtown Milwaukee at the Avenue, here is your host, Dominic Catronio. Oh, it feels good to win in New York, doesn't it? Game one goes to the Brewers after the off day. Right off the bat, standings update. Three games up now on the Cubs in the NL Central, thanks to some help. From the Arizona Diamondbacks. More on them a little bit later. I'm Dominic Catronio. Jeff Cirillo is with us as well. 8 to the final tonight. And, you know, I call tonight's offense, Jeff, fashionably late, right? It's You never want to show up to a party right on time. You don't want to be that guy and wait for it to build. The game was tight. It was tense. It was 2-2 two to two in the seventh inning. And then all of a sudden, six runs on the board in the uh, this was an easy coast. 16 hits today, too. Better late than never, right? Yeah, it's one of those ones. We've been talking about it for the last month, right? Or early in the year, the Brewers scraped up a couple runs, two, three. It was almost like kind of they were just kind of painting the fence and just getting one, 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 and trying to get to that magic number of four. But now you see a Brewers offense that, that they just keep the line moving, they put pressure on the defense, and then they, they come up with big hits. And in Monastery, I mean, Ever since they've watched Donaldson, uh, this guy's starting to hit doubles and, and really ignite this team, and he got him started there in the seventh. Yeah, I, I love putting him in the nine spot because, and I know Yelich is in a slump right now, and it hasn't gone well for him, but I, I, I love the fact that him in the nine spot can kind of restart the lineup, and he's somebody on base for Yelich, can create something with his speed, and he had a great game tonight with a pair of doubles, hit the ball hard a couple of times, two runs batted in as well. Uh, and then I look at William Contreras, the clutch single in the seventh inning to give the Brewers a lead, and then they never turned back from there. You could you could visibly see the exhale from the Brewers after how tense that Pirates series was on Monday and Wednesday, the off day yesterday. You could visibly see, okay, finally, the hits. Take me into the dugout when a moment like that happens, when you're just begging for the hit and you finally got one. Well, it's not. I remember we talked about it before. Remember, I mean, Pittsburgh late in September or in early September, you know, they got playing a lot of young kids. School's back in session, right? There's not a lot of there's not a lot of um, energy in the stadium. You knew you were going to get that in New York, and it's one of those ones. I mean, it's Brewers baseball, right? I think the guy Monastero leads off with a double. Yelich unselfishly pulls a ground ball to first, and then Contreras, you know, battling. There with with the guy with the explosive stuff spreads out, no stride, put the ball in play, and then he gets a base hit, and then he takes advantage of of um, the pitcher for the Yankees. I'm drawing a blank on his name right now, um, and then he steals second base and just kind of starts igniting this thing on fire for the Yankees after that. And, and you look at the the numbers. The Brewers were 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position heading into that seventh inning. Uh, they then went seven for their next 11 with runners in scoring position. And it's proof, and it's a cliche, and sometimes Brewers fans don't want to hear it, but it's the truth. Offense is contagious on both sides of the spectrum. When it's negative, and we see this team really struggle to score runs, and when it's positive, like we're seeing since the start of August, that this team continues to string together good innings, and tonight was another example of that. That's right, and the bats just keep coming, right? And, and you got to put, I mean, the emphasis on Santana, when he walks through the door, uh, it seems, and, you know, unfortunately, 
and we all love Telez, but you know, it was one of those ones that's like, you know, okay, it's not getting it done, so we need to bring someone here, not only from an offensive stand, but leadership as far as having a quality major league at bat, having a power bat in the middle of the lineup, and then having good defense. But then you bring in South Relic, and he he works his his at bats, and it just becomes a kind of a contagious thing, and these guys just kind of move the baton or whatever you want to call it, and that's leading to these big innings that they've had in August and, and going forward. The Since August 1st, the Brewers, tonight was their 28th inning where they've scored at least three runs in an inning. Since August 1st, 28 times they've scored at least three runs in an inning. This is their 33rd game since August 1st. They've been on fire. In fact, since August 1st, they're tied for the third most such innings, only behind the Astros and the Braves, and they're tied with the Dodgers. Those are three teams that I think of that have great offenses. Now, I'm not trying to get ahead of ourselves here, Jeff, by saying, oh, the Brewers are undoubtedly a great offense. They're a good offense, and since the trade deadline, the pieces that they've acquired, Canna and Santana, and maybe Josh Donaldson on the way, have been perfect complements to help out the rookies. Veterans that can work professional at-bats, can spread it down this lineup, and lengthen the order that everybody had a hit today, and boom, it results in 16 hits and 8 runs on the board. That's exactly right. And then you bring Donaldson in here. I think it was a great idea to not bring Donaldson in for the Yankees series, right? There's just too much of a circus there. You know, have him give him kind of a soft landing when they do bring him up. I know he's only, what, one for 10 or two for 10 in his first three games down in AAA. But but I remember going in, and I was, I was claimed up waivers by the Diamondbacks because Mark Reynolds was really struggling for, like, two months after. And literally right when I walked through the door, Mark Reynolds started to hit, and Cirillo kept himself on the bench. So it's amazing how uh, Major adapt and, um, and the light will kind of kick back on. For him, and so so I think that the Donaldson's another great sign. You know, he has something to prove, right? Being basically released and making a lot of money. He's down in AAA, and so just another added piece. And and they've been successful with Canada, so I, I'm guessing that they'll be three for three on this one. The the Brewers also got a key contribution in the middle of this game from Willie Adamas. It was to respond to a Jason Dominguez two run homer in the bottom of the third. Willie Adamas tied the game with a two-run homer in the top of the fourth to punch right back. And not only to punch right back, to do it on an 0-2 fastball from Luis Severino and to go to right center field. We've talked about it all season long and ever since Willie Adamas was acquired. When he's going to the opposite field, he's locked in. Why do you think he is so dangerous when he's going to the opposite field? Why is that such a key component of his game? We might have lost uh, Jeff there for a moment, so we'll try to get him back here on the program. As Let me get to a couple of texts here, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. This one from Aaron in Illinois. Heck of a game there. Another win with Ray on the mound. 7 for 20 with runners in scoring position. Take that any day. Uh, the the difference-making moment was Willie's home run. Brought us back, gave us a chance and uh, Willie has to be the player of the game as well. That one from Aaron in Illinois. I think we've got Cirillo back on here. I was just asking, you know, why is it so important for Willie's game to incorporate the right field, right center field, right field? Because he's got a lot of pop there, but we don't see him always go back out there. It's one of those ones, I mean, he has so much power right there, but sometimes he has a, you know, if you look at his bats and you watch him and you study him a little bit closer and you slow it down, sometimes he has an early hip. 
which leads to a little bit of a cast swing. And so the ability to handle that pitch, obviously he can handle that pitch out over the plate, but sometimes he gets a little bit of an early hip, which leads to a little bit more of a pull happy. It's an in and out swing. But tonight, you know, he hit that ball in the, in the right stadium. Uh, and these guys know it, right? You go in there and, and you know, you're going to be rewarded for hitting the ball the other way. And it was good to see uh, him punch back, punch back after falling behind. Yeah, and Willie has been really good as of late, ever since that double day off, as we've talked about over and over again. He was 2-for-4 tonight with the homer, three runs batted in as well, and he was hit by a pitch, so a tough night at the yard with the uh, the bruise, but hey, he got a home run as well. 855-616-1620 if you want to join us. Once again, 855-616-1620. want to remind you that Brewers Extra Innings is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank with a local Milwaukee team. Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities. It's going to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value that only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, member FDIC. More to come after the break here at the top of the hour on WTMJ. Welcome back. I'm Dom Catronio with Jeff Cirillo with you as well. we got to give some credit to Colin Ray here in a moment. Uh, I've got the player of the game poll up on my Twitter at Dom underscore Catronio. You can always do a write-in. I've got a few options up there. We'll get to the results a little bit later on. But right now, I want to get to the phone lines, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Luis in Menominee Falls, you're live on Brewers Extra Innings. Hey, how are you? I'm glad I got you for the first time. Uh, I always listen after the game. I just had Thank a you, Luis. question. Uh, Thank you. Hey, I had a quick question. Uh, I noticed that, uh, what's his name, uh, Jelish, the guy, Jelish, that's how you pronounce it? Yep. Yeah, so he was doing pretty good, but uh, the minute he was changed from the batting position, uh, you know, sometimes I'm thinking maybe the uh, player loses confidence or whatever. He was kind of like a little bit uh, on the tough side. It was hard to see him, unusual to see him uh, strike out uh, or not get in on base after that happened. Uh, I always wonder about the manager. The manager never seems to be – is that the way he is? I don't want to judge him. He never yeah, seems I mean, to be I... too happy no matter, what the, no matter what the Brewers do. Is that right, his personality? I... <laughs> Yeah, Craig. Yeah, Craig has always got that stern look on his face. But Jeff, I'll bring you in here. Appreciate the question here, Luis, on Christian Yelich, and we'll wrap up the offense talk with this because, look, Yelly was on fire in July, right? There was, I mean, even in the middle of the summer, right, May through July, he was one of the best hitters in baseball. It really capped off in July. He had over a thousand OPS that month, and. Ever since the start of August, it's kind of slowly tapered off for the power, and now here in September, it is really slow to a grinding halt. He's hitting barely over a hundred right now. What do you see from Yelich? What would you do if you're if you were you know on his coaching staff right now of, of what he's going through? Well, I think it's it, one of the things is like when I watch Christian Yelich, I mean, his at bats, he still looks a little bit. Um, Sometimes I think he's maybe a little bit tentative with his ball strike, and sometimes you get out of your legs, especially when you get into some temper. There's like this um, this waves of energy, and you know, sometimes they have they call it like a dead arm in spring training for pitchers. I think pitch and hit 
characters go through the same thing. It's not so much a dead arm, but their body kind of gets this fatigue, and they kind of get this second and third win as the season goes along. And sometimes, you know, you, all of a sudden, you get re-energized, I don't know, whatever, there's a swing, or there's a game, or a series, and then all of a sudden, you kind of kick back into into work mode and, and who you are. To me, it's just, it looks to me that he's a little bit light up in his up in his stance, and he's not really working through his legs, and that sometimes can make you a little bit wobbly and a little bit off balance. So he's still got a tremendous eye. He's still getting somewhat of his sink impact the ball, and I think it's just a little bit that he's not really being in his legs right now. Looking at some of his numbers here uh, through month by month, his K rate in April, his worst month of the year, was 29%. But he still was walking about 11% of the time, which is better than league average. Then he slowed down the K rate, brought the walks up, started to slug the ball a little bit better. But now, in August and September, his K rate was 25% in August. It's up to 42% in the very early going in September. I, I think it's simply making contact for Yellian. Uh, I like what you had to say about being a little tentative and the body gets slow. You can see it. With his average exit velocity, it's really fallen down. He's uh, lost eight miles an hour on his average exit velocity. And, you know, he's never going to admit that he's hurt. And he's the kind of guy that wants to be in there every day. And I give him credit for that. And it's going to be – he's going to hit his way out of this. That's the only way to do it, quite frankly. And the body is going to have to start – working in his favor, and that's why the Brewers would like to get a little bit more of a cushion here to try to find a breather for somebody like Christian Yelich. But let's talk a little bit about Colin Ray because this is another game that obviously he didn't pitch five innings. He's not eligible for the win. He threw 85 pitches. He faced DJ LeMayhew three times, but they knew they weren't going to let Aaron Judge see him a third time. Once again, Colin Ray did his job. He helped the Brewers win the game. And sure, he doesn't get the W by his name, but working into the fifth inning with a fresh bullpen in a tied game against that lineup, I I am thrilled once again and impressed once again tipping my cat to Colin Ray. Right, and and it's a luxury that that, the council and the staff has that they know that they have in this five-hole. Colin Ray, look, I mean... A lot of times, any of your fans out there are listening, right? I mean, it's there's there's a manager says like, can he get, is he a 15 out guy or is he an 18 out guy, right? And so you look at the five five innings and you go through three times through the order or 100 pitches, right? Wherever you get to first. So he let him face Lemayhu. Obviously, he wasn't let him get get to uh, judge one more time. But we have Colin Ray coming out of the five hole, right? He's a veteran um, guy, and then Council knows that that he's got these four horsemen that are coming after Colin Ray, so he can kind of lean on that bullpen to, to, to extend them and kind of knows he's going to get extended um, innings tomorrow from his starter. He's going to be somebody that the Brewers may be an unsung hero, somebody that the Brewers are going to be looking back and saying, you know what, they do not get to this point without him. And a reminder, I will say this, every game that he starts on the stretch, and I don't know how many more starts he's got, depending on Adrian, how Adrian Hauser's bullpen goes this weekend. But he has made, to this point in the year, the third most starts on the team. And quite frankly, Jeff, if I told you that in spring training, that Colin Ray is going to make the third most starts on the team, I imagine a lot of folks are going to respond, how many games under 500 are the Brewers if Colin Ray is starting that many games? But it's been the opposite. He's been the reason why they're now 13-9 and in games that Colin Ray starts. And that's just simply getting the job done, right? It doesn't have to be amazing 10 strikeouts every single time. He did his job for the team tonight. 
You look at baseball today, and it's like, I remember when the, the Orioles, right, it was a long time ago when they had four 20-game winners, right? Today's baseball is not built that way, and when you come into spring training, you need to have eight or nine starting pitchers in your depth chart, right? You have your five starters, then you need three, four, that you like if everything happens, and it's happened this year for the Brewers. You know, they got they signed Tehran. I mean, he was great. You know, Colin Ray was great. Lauer wasn't so great, you know, but I mean, think if you really peel back the onion on this thing and you look at how many pitchers have actually towed the rubber to start games for the Brewers. But Colin Ray, that, that, that actually, that stat to me surprised me that he's been been the starter for the third most guy. It's It's been awesome to see it roll out for the crew. I also want to give a shout out here. I mean, the Brewers, Abner Uribe, when he entered the game, it was tied. He had to start things off with Aaron Judge. He had to sit and then come right back out for the sixth inning. And there were a couple walks, but he got the job done in the sixth. He earns his first big league W tonight. He struck out Aaron Judge with 100. He got a couple. He got, That was his only strikeout of the night. And I, I am just continued to marvel. I mean, you saw both Abner Uribe and Trevor McGill pitching this game, and they're not considered the full-time leverage guys, and they both throw 100 miles an hour. But Uribe specifically, man, I, I just still feel like the Brewers are only scratching at the surface of what he's capable of. Yeah, and, and it's a soft landing, right? So even if he doesn't have his stuff in a 2-2 game like he was pitching in, you know, even if he his command is not great, you know, they have so many reinforcements down there to go to. So it's a soft landing for Council to put him in there. You know, it's a high-leverage situation, yes. But at the same time, there's so many so many bullets that he has down in that bullpen to go to uh, if it's a, a miss. And you want to get him as his burn, get him his innings, because, like you said, his stuff is electric. And if it's on, uh, it's going to be going to be solid lights-out innings. Last four and a third innings by the uh, Brewers' bullpen. Did not allow a hit. Three walks, but also three strikeouts. And they didn't use Piomps, Piguero, or Williams. They obviously, Williams didn't pitch at all in the Pittsburgh series. But it's another breather for those guys as you hit the, you know, the middle portion of September here soon. It, it's going to light up fast on these guys for how much they're going to be needed. I am taking a break for those guys. Any chance they can get, this could pay off down the road. Yeah, you're right. And, and, and the thing is, like, there's a little bit of limbo right now with Figueroa. Obviously, Williams, they're going to sink or swim with Williams at the end of the game, right? He's earned it and he deserved it and he's had a great year. But, you know, there's some leverage innings. And, and I think I've told you this before. It's like, you know, you have your high leverage, win, winning the game, losing the game. But those things can rotate during the course of the season. I mean, look, Matt, they went into this season as Matt Bush is a closer or the setup guy in the eighth inning. You know, he's no longer with the team. So a bull thing, and you kind of sometimes ride that hot hand. Got to ride the hot hand and, and see what it can bring for you. Going to take a quick free there, but first want to get some of these results on the player of the game poll. Uh, this is all brought to you by the Salvation Army. Every day, the Salvation Army provides shelter, meals, and support to those in need, and your donations make a difference. Visit samilwaukee.org to help today. Uh, going to my Twitter right now, double-checking. There's a few minutes left to vote. Right now, Willie Adamas has the lead just narrowly on Andrew Monasterio. Willie hitting a homer, three runs batted in. Also had a double today, a little stoink double. Monasterio had a pair of doubles as well. Uh, we'll get to a little bit more here with Jeff. We're also going to talk 
about those Cubs. Talk about what happened earlier today up at Wrigley. Some good news down there from the Diamondbacks. The Milkman always delivers. We'll explain coming up after the break. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Stay with us. Brewers Extra Innings. Text here from Josh in Milwaukee after a tough series in Pittsburgh. Tonight was clutch. Colin Ray has been a rock all season. The bats really got after it to the to pad the lead. It's been discussed on the show, but what Monasterio has done for this team is incredible. They have one off day left. How do you feel at this point? I feel great. I've, I've always been a glass half full guy, Josh. You've been listening all year. You know that. Three games up, feeling good. Uh, I was listening on my way home from my day job earlier today. I was listening to the end of the Diamondbacks and the Cubs at Wrigley. Zach Gallen going for a complete game shutout with the slimmest of margins. A one nothing win for the Diamondbacks. So the Brewers, before they even arrived at the ballpark today, right, they were off yesterday, and the Cubs played two games. They lost yesterday. They lose today. So, boom, in the blink of an eye, the Brewers have gained a game before they even walk in the doors. And all of a sudden... They win a game today, so they gain another half game. In the span of 36 hours, they've doubled their lead. It's now a three-game lead with 22 games to go. And it's just a reminder that it's a roller coaster, man. It's going to go back and forth all year long. You can sit here and gloat and be excited, but at the same time, it can come right back the other way tomorrow. It is going to be some serious palpation, some serious stress coming up here down the stretch, Jeff. I, I I still think that the Brewers uh, they look like a team that, that that's strong. They look like, yep, yeah, they look like they're, they're they're a team that's strong for the playoffs. Sounds like our uh, connection with Jeff has been struggling, so we'll just have him go ahead and call in there, Tommy. Go ahead and get him on the ringer here. But the the, the point that I'm making is the Brewers. It, it, it's. It's not going to be easy. It's never easy, right? And it, you can't control it. I can't control it. So you might as well keep your hands and legs inside the vehicle at all times and, and enjoy it, right? Because those last three games of the year, you know it's going to come down to it. And the other thing to remind Brewers fans, even if they fall out of the Central race, if they don't win the Central, they're going to be in the wild card. They're 98% sure to be in the wild card. And looking at... Uh, out west right now, the Giants, they're getting shut out by the Rockies 3 nothing right now in the bottom of the fourth inning. The Giants are in a total tailspin right now. They are falling out of the wild card picture. They're about to be under 500, and they've still got two series left with the Dodgers as well. So I look at this wild card race now. I'm not counting the Giants out, but they're really on the outside looking in all of a sudden because you've got Philly, you've got Chicago, then you got Arizona, Miami, and Cincinnati. And Miami won again tonight, so they're now 73-68. and 68. Cincinnati, they are playing the Cardinals this weekend. I'm pulling up their numbers uh, right now. Let's see what they did tonight. St. Louis won that game, so Cincinnati fell back a game. So if the Giants fall back, they're going to fall out of the, uh, you know, to three and a half games back of a playoff spot by the end of the day. Jeff, as we bring you back in here, I'm, I'm just trying to calm the masses that the Brewers are, even if this Central comes down to the last day, the fact that they have that tiebreaker on the Phillies, in the event they fall out of the NL Central and end up tied with the Phillies for the wild card record, they still get to host a playoff series. So I'm not going to overreact if the Brewers fall out of the Central. They have still been playing very good baseball. 
Man, you're looking for a soft landing. I think the Brewers are going to win this division, and I don't think the last three games are going to matter. I think that the Brewers Ooh. are just – their bullpen is strong. Their defense is great. Their, their lineup is getting long. Um, you know, they're one through five. I, I just know as a, as a position player, when you come through the door at 2.30 in the afternoon and you see the lineup and you see who's pitching – and you just feel galvanized, right? I mean, you just feel like you're going to win the game. You feel like you got a horse in the mound, and uh, it's a, it's a solid team. I mean, it's a, it's a playoff um, team that, that I think they can have some great success on there. Right now, the Brewers are 21 and 12 since the start of August. Meanwhile, the uh, the Cubs they're 23 and 13. So. One more loss, two more wins. They've played three more games. So, I mean, these two teams are separating themselves. They've made this a two-horse race with the Reds now six and a half games back of the Brewers for the top central spot. They're still certainly in the wild card race. But I I, I look at this lineup, and we've talked about the consideration of what you're going to do with a five-man or a six-man rotation here with this 17 days in a row that started today. Corbin Burns, as of now, he's going to start on Sunday, as of now, would be available to start game 162 against the Cubs if it comes down to that to win the division. Quite frankly, Jeff, I know you agree with me on this. I'm very, very comfortable handing the ball to Corbin Burns at home against the Cubs on the last day of the regular season. Yeah, but you know what I'd be more comfortable with is if the the series doesn't get come down to that, and you have Corbin Burns <laughs> starting at game one. So I mean, for me, I'm not looking that far ahead. I just think that that the Brewers are are the team to beat in this division, and you know the Cubs should be like hopefully we can get a wild card. Looking ahead to tomorrow, real quick here, Wade Miley gets the ball. He pitched great, and then it turned very quickly on him last Sunday against the Phillies, and. I'm really excited to see because Miley obviously is a similar profile to Colin Ray just from the left side. Not a lot of velo cuts and sinks and changes speeds with the best of them. And sometimes when you're facing a lineup that can only hit home runs, I think this is a great matchup for Wade because he's going to make them uncomfortable all night long. What are you looking forward to most from Wade? Well, I mean, the only thing is is it's a short porch, and he's kind of a contact pitcher. Um He's going to be around the plate, so the, the, the Yankees are obviously going to be aggressive in the zone early. could be a quick game. You know, it's one of those ones, if, if Miley's on, they're still going to be aggressive, you know, coming out of the gates. But at the same time, you know, Miley won't be intimidated by the New York crowd, Yankee Stadium, none of that. I think that he'll, like I said, you know, one of these guys, when, when you walk through the door, you see Wade Miley is starting that game. You know, as a position player, you're excited to watch him pitch. It's going to be very fun. Real quick, let's get our difference-making moment out of the way. It's brought to you by Annex Wealth Management. Investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Forget commissioned sales pitches and financial products you don't need. Know the difference. Annex provides elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need. Go to AnnexWealth.com. Jeff, what was your difference-making moment in an 8-2 win for the crew? I think it was Bowers, uh, the ball that he drives to right center. Felix never played at Yankee Stadium. They didn't get to take uh, any infield or outfield or batting practice today. Goes up and, 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 and makes a great, great catch with that pad that kind of overhangs over that inside the stadium on the fence uh, and makes the catch. And uh, the guy just goes to third base, and it's just another out, and they get out of the inning the next, next batter. Love the pick. It was a heck of a play by Sal Freelich to rob extra bases and definitely would have robbed a run as well. For me, I'm going to the bottom of the sixth inning. 
still tied two to two. Abner Uribe. He walked a couple of batters. He's facing the rookies, you know, Volpe and Peraza. He gets them to fly out and to ground out, respectively, and maybe it was going to be his last batter with Peraza with a full count. Chafin was up in the bullpen to face Bowers, so could have been a, a bench battle there. They probably would have brought in a righty to face Chafin, but Uribe gets out of the frame, and then what happens? The Brewers score three in the top of the seventh, three in the top of the eighth to blow this game open and get Abner his first big league win. Uh, we've got an earlier game tomorrow, Jeff. It'll be 12.30 uh, for the pregame show. First pitch is at 1.05 here on WTMJ, and you and I will be chatting about it after the contest as well. Thank you as always, Jeff. Yeah, great talking to you, Dom. Awesome. Jeff Cirillo here on WTMJ. Get to Who's Hot, give you some more numbers, talk about Josh Johnson a little bit coming up next right here on WTMJ. Maybe bad days made a hundred good Brewers get the victory this is Brewers extra innings eight to two open up this three-game series in the Bronx first time back in the Bronx since 2017 they won that series too Brewers are now three games clear of the Cubs their record improves to 78 and 62 inching closer to another clinched winning season and by the way Craig Council we always love even, you know, leveled off numbers. Career win number 693. So seven wins away from number 700. You know, if they win this series, opportunity to do that at home next week. Uh, would love to see him do it at home. Just a fun number to get over with. You know, he's already the all-time winningest manager in Brewers history. In every full season he has managed since 2017, the Brewers have had a winning record. 86 and 76 and 17. Missed out the playoffs just barely. 96 and 67 and 18. 89 and 73 and 19. 95 and 67 and 21. 86 and 76 last season. Of course, missed the playoffs by a game. And then this season, they are three games away from clinching another, or four games away, I should say, from clinching a winning record in the regular season. Let's talk about who's hot. It's brought to you by Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Trusting your family's comfort at home all year long with Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. And for a limited time only, Cider is waiving their $99 trip fee for HVAC service calls. Offers not valid on clean and tunes, weekends, or after hours, but go to SEIDER.com. It's valid for another week. Valid through September 15th. Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Andrew Monasterio has been on fire ever since the Josh Donaldson acquisition. I'll just read the numbers here real quick for you. He is 10 for 26. That is a 385 batting average. He has a 407 on base, a 538 slugging. That's what we call in the business a 345 player. 300 batting average, 400 on base, 500 slugging. Granted, it's you know for a week of games, but he's only been held hitless in one of those seven games. And he continues to produce. He's got a pair of doubles, a triple. He has scored or he has scored three times. He's got ten hits. Competition creates success and it creates pressure. And he is certainly performing under the pressure right now. As for a lot of questions about Josh Donaldson, what's going on with him? He did play today for the Nashville Sounds. He also hit a home run and a loss to Memphis. Josh Donaldson went one for four. Uh, with that home run, he also drew a walk and struck out. Pulling up his numbers right now in the minor leagues in AAA with the crew. He is uh, just 2 for 14 so far, so still getting his feet underneath him. Three walks, three strikeouts, uh, a single, 
and a home run. They don't need to rush him. And there's a common misconception happening right now across baseball. September 1st was the deadline just to be in the organization to be eligible for the postseason. Okay, you don't have to be on a 40-man roster. You don't have to be on the active roster. You don't need to be any of that on September 1st. You just have to be in the organization, which is why the Brewers went out and got him when he was released by the Yankees, just in case they want to bring him up. I could see him being a DH. I could see him playing third if they want to move Monasterio to second. I know Bryce Terrain got three hits today, but he needed that, quite frankly. His OPS has dipped under 600. So those are some of the options on the table right now for the Brewers, or they can keep Monasterio as a third baseman, Bryce at second, and have Donaldson be the DH. But I still want to see a little more health and a little more production out of him down in AAA before he arrives in the big leagues. If you're staying up late with us, with you for another 15 minutes or so, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. We're going to hear from the manager, Craig Council. That's coming up next right here on Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers having some fun right now. They're dancing in New York. I just want to get something off my chest, okay? The Yankees, they're a fine organization. I know, 27 rings, yada, yada. Haven't won since 2009, yada, yada. My one gripe with them, my one gripe. I got other gripes, but the main gripe. Look, New York, New York, good song. Be better as just a victory song, okay? The fact that they play New York, New York after both wins and losses, I think is so dumb, right? They're not playing Go Cubs Go when they lose, you're not playing you're making my dreams come clue when the brew come true when the brewers lose. You're not playing your victory you're not playing we are family, you know, after a pirates loss. You're not playing cool in the gang celebrate after an A's loss. So why are you playing New York, New York after a loss? That's all. I know. Get off my lawn. Whatever. Here's the manager. <laughs> Craig Council has his bullpen was great. Bullpen four and a third without allowing a hit, no runs. They were phenomenal, and maybe without the names, you you quite know. Here's Craig Council after the game. Well, I mean, just uh, you know, putting eight runs on the board, that's going to put you in a good spot to win. So, um, you know, we did a nice job of just uh, kind of creating opportunities tonight, and finally we broke through. And um, I thought Williams at bat against against the you know the Lions, because that's a tough at bat for a right-hander, and um, to to hang in there on that at bat and get a pitch to put in play was was to me the at bat of the game and um, um, you know some really good stuff followed after that. How about just you know William taking that steal in the base when he wasn't paying attention yeah. just like a lot of little things in the seventh inning the eighth inning that didn't yeah up. you know that, that seems to be the story of our big innings is just um, you know moving the line and, and we and we did that today um, with a little bit of everything um, and, and put together two straight innings like that. We talk about some, you know, the pressure sometimes that's on Willie offensively. You know, to fall behind and then for him to tie the game with the homer, just what did that do to just kind of change the nature of the game? Yeah, it does. I mean, um, you know, those, you know, you're playing from behind. Just it's different, um, and so um, Colin. You know, kind of very similar start to his last start, really. Um, you know, gives up the two runs, but but is stingy there in the fourth, and then uh, gets a couple outs in the fifth. Um, and so Willie's homer put him in a good spot, and, and you know he knows he's he's got a chance to to get us a W, and he did a great job in getting the next next five outs, and um, 
you know, ends up and we, we tack on late. First career win for Abner. What did you think about that at bat against uh, Judge coming in there and taking care of him like that? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's you know, one of the top hitters in the game. And um, in, a, in a tie game like that, I was, thought it was a good spot for Abner, and he did, he did a great job shutting it down. I mean, just getting past him in the lineup. Bryce, get, I mean, uh, Colin getting the first two guys in the inning and not having that be a and that bat where he can really hurt you is, was big as well. And then the next, Abner's second inning, just a, a couple of walks. You know, we've seen yeah. that be a problem, but, but obviously he... No, I thought he, I mean, I thought he, you know, he, the, the walk to the lefties, but he but he did a nice job against the righties and, um, um, you know, was, was good with the sinker when he had to be. What about Bryce and Andrew being so productive at the bottom of the order? And they were a huge part of how those rallies happen. Yeah, I mean Andrew started the, Andrew started the the big rally off um, with, with a leadoff double, and then um, you know those guys just on base. Um, Andrew with some big swings, a couple extra base hits, a, a ball that you know he said two balls to throw. Should probably should be homers and and whatever. Statcast will say twenty eight of the thirty parks or something something like that. Um, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I mean, those guys, are, I think they're on base five times today, so that's 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 going to help you. Yeah, man, we got to give Andrew Monasterio a, a homer. I mean, the, he hit it to the deepest part of the yard in Pittsburgh, and then this one, the deepest part of the yard in New York, left center. So, him with him, Andrew. You should have two more homers on your belt. Definitely in Milwaukee, that's for sure. We're going to relive, relive it coming up next. Brewers get the win, 8-2. Highlights on WTMJ after this. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. Brewers opening up a series with the Yankees out in the Bronx as the crew first time back since 2017. Things cut out, started early against Colin Ray, a two run homer in the third by rookie sensation Jason Dominguez, the Martian as he's called. It put them out in front. But before that, there was some serious web gems, some great plays. This time, Sal Freelich out in center field. Fly ball, right center. Sal Freelich on the move, on the warning track, leaping, and he got it! Great catch by Sal Freelich up against the wall in front of the Yankee bullpen. So that was some great defense, and despite the Brewers now down 2-0, how about Willie Adamas to the plate in the fourth? 0-2. Hit in the air, deep right field, racing back is Bowers at the track, wall, gone! Willie Adamas with his second home run in his many games, ties this game at two on his 24th home run of the season. A shot on an 0-2 pitch as well, mind you, a fastball from Severino that he did not miss. So that ties the game, they avoid the shutdown inning. Colin Ray was lifted in the bottom of the fifth inning, not allowing him to face Aaron Judge for a third time. So the rookie, Abner Uribe, comes in in a 2-2 game with two outs and nobody on, facing the reigning MVP. The stretching pitch. Struck him out. 100 with a sinker at the bottom of the zone. Uribe wins matchup number one with Aaron Judge. They may match up again by the weekend's end. So the Brewers still tied, though, 2-2. In the sixth inning, Uribe would get out of his own jam, leaving two stranded. Then the offense would finally arrive to the party more permanently in the top of the seventh. A leadoff double by Andrew Monasterio. Advanced to third on a ground out by Yelich. William Contreras worked one heck of an at-bat against Jonathan Loizaga. And on the seventh pitch of the battle, he came through. Two balls, two strikes on Contreras, the pitch. And this is lined in the left field for a base hit. 
Monasterio trots home Contreras with an RBI single and it gives the Brewers a 3 to 2 lead. The Brewers suddenly with the lead they would not turn back. William Contreras would steal second base, Carlos Santana would drive him home with a single. Then Willie Adamas would hit a little stoinker down the right field line for a double. That would score a run and make it a three-run seventh inning for the crew. They weren't done. We go to the eighth inning. Andrew Monasterio again. And the pitch. Swing and a fly ball out to left center field. Back, still back at the warning track, and it's off the wall. Two runs will score. Weimer with Terang right behind him. The throw not in time. It's a two-run double for Monasterio. Yeah, and he has been on fire as of late, now hitting 385 since the Brewers acquired Josh Donaldson, ironically enough. And hey, just for good measure, how about a Slam Tana highlight? Another RBI. 2-2. Ground ball down the right field line. Fair. One more run scores. Contreras going from first to third. Brewers are piling on. It's 8-2. 16 hits tonight for the crew, tying a season high as they win the opener in New York by an 8-2 final. Three games clear now in the NL Central over the Cubs, up by four, though, in the loss column. Take a break, come back, wrap up the program, give you the rest of the weekend schedule after this on WTMJ. All right, last few minutes of the show. Tomorrow, Brewers are playing a day game down there at Yankee Stadium. It's a 105 Central Time first pitch. That means we are on the air at 12.35 for the uh, Brewers and the Yankees to get Game 2 of the series. Tomorrow, it'll be Wade Miley against Michael King, a converted reliever into a starter. Again, to a 105 first pitch, 2.05 Eastern Time. If you're going to join us here on the program. Also, the Brewers on Sunday have another day game against the Yankees. A little earlier, it'll be a 12-30 first pitch. Garrett Cole against Corbin Burns. Fired up for that. That's going to be a ton of fun to watch. And they come right back home. they got a seven-game homestand all in a row. Four games against the Miami Marlins. All of those games start at 640. Then on Thursday, though, rather, that game will start at 110. Uh, and then over the weekend, 710 on Friday, 610 on Saturday, and 110 on Sunday against the Nationals. Reminder, you can follow me on Twitter at Dom underscore C-O-T-R-O-N-E-O. Got some thoughts, analysis, comments. Uh, hot takes sometimes. I'm not really a hot takesman, but you can find all of the coverage there as well for the Brewers for the rest of the stretch run. As for tomorrow, the Cubs, they will be also playing a day game at just about the same time. Their first pitch is at 120 Central Time. The Brewers are at 105 Central Time, so we'll be uh, scoreboard watching all along the game, then get to have a Saturday night. And uh, it's going to be the last Saturday night that the Brewers uh, will have to them. So, well, I guess uh, they've got a 3-10 game in Miami in uh, two weeks' time. So you get a little bit of a Saturday night that time. But otherwise, your Saturday nights are booked for the rest of the year. And uh, looking forward to it tomorrow at Yankee Stadium. Wade Miley getting back on the horse after a weird start against the uh, Phillies. He pitched better than the line indicates. A couple of home runs 
did him in, and uh, he's facing a couple of bombers. So how is he going to keep the Yankees off balance? That should be a whole lot of fun. No Brewers warm-ups this weekend with the uh, odd start times. Doesn't fit in the schedule, so no warm-up this weekend. It's all just game network coverage. So hope you can join us tomorrow. I'll be with you after the game once again for Brewers Extra Innings, myself and Jeff Sorello. My thanks to Jeff Cirillo for joining us on the show and to our producer, Tommy Wirtz. We dealt with a little five-minute rain delay theater. If you stuck around for all that, appreciate you. But until next time, keep on swinging.